0: Welcome to Orphan Sunday Stories of Impact, presented by the Christian Alliance for Orphans. This limited podcast series shares how a simple God-breathed idea is changing lives all over the world. This is Jed Medifin, president of the Christian Alliance for Orphans. I don't think there's anything better this side of heaven than getting to be a little part of a great story. These stories remind that even small acts of advocacy, care, and encouragement can make all the difference. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. Our guest today is foster and adoptive mom, Mandy Chapman. Mandy is the regional manager for Care Portal in Northeast Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Hi, a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, Let's get right to the beginning on... How this all began for you? Uh, you and your husband Doug have one biological son, and is it four children adopted through foster care? Uh,
1: we have five adopted children, seven all together. We—it's very confusing. Yeah, but one of our um, older children is not officially adopted, but she is considered our child. So we have seven all together. Five of them are
0: officially adopted, one biological. Awesome. Awesome. And your your oldest son, I know we kind of laughed about this uh, yesterday, was your oldest son is 26. And he's adopted, right? And married. And now he and his wife are fostering. And you're also a grandma.
1: Yes. Wow. At thirty-six years old, I am an official grandmother because that's that's the way God writes stories. That's I how guess.
0: But how did this journey begin for you? Wow,
1: well, that actually started um, way back when I had every intention to be rich and famous, never married, never have children, and then God. So that is the, this is the story of God because otherwise I would have planned a different outcome, but I'm so thankful that he got a hold of me and let his plans come through me. So I had been going to a church, and they had Bible studies, and I was in beauty school then, so I would actually just go and babysit the kids while the adults had Bible study, and there was one little girl there. Her name was Maya, and she was adopted from China, and She never went to anyone. She only liked me. And so we just created this little bond. And I remember it was Orphan Sunday. I didn't even know anything about Orphan Sunday until then, but they had highlighted all these different families within the church who had adopted. They talked about the different agencies. They talked about different countries and different routes of foster care and adoption. And it was in that service that I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, you're going to do that someday. And at that time I wasn't really walking with the Lord as much as I should have been. And so that was in my mind going, wow, that was a really weird thought. Why would I even think that? And now looking back, you know, Holy Spirit was just prompting me in that moment to really turn my eyes to what he had desired for me in the future. So It was a a beautiful story of how it started, but it really didn't start again until I met my husband and we were dating and talking about family and, oh, do you want kids? I do want kids. And so we had talked that we only wanted to adopt. We wanted to adopt first before any of our biological children, if that happened. So through our dating experience, we talked in length about adoption and how we wanted to do that. And we always said that we wanted to adopt overseas and we never did yet, I guess. (laughs) So that's how that started. And, uh, but looking back now, we were overwhelmed by the adoption process. We'd heard so many stories of people adopting through private agencies and how expensive it was And being a youth pastor and me being a hairdresser, we didn't really have a lot of money to do the private route. So we didn't know really anything about it either. We thought you had to pay up front. There wasn't any fundraising. We had no idea about it. But the Lord really directed our path and connected us with a couple who had adopted and fostered through our local agency And so we just felt very strongly that that was the route that the Lord wanted us to take. So we became foster parents about 10 years ago through our local child welfare agency.
0: So and you went on to adopt several of the children that you had fostered. And you have um, a really incredible story about how your older son, the 26-year-old, how he came into your family. Would you share that story with us?
1: Absolutely. Uh, We love to share this story because it's just really incredible, and he loves to share this story also. So uh, we met him when he was 14, going on 15, uh, and his birth mom had just passed away. So he was really in a critical time, and there was a a group from our church who had really reached out to him, and he started coming to my husband's youth group, and we just he just had such a light about him. There was just something about this kid that we were just so drawn to. And just to give you a little brief history of him, yes, his mom had passed away, but she had been a pastor, she had been ordained, so he was raised in a godly home. And even though his older brother was not really taking great care of him, he would do everything he could to get to church. So Mike really went out of his way. There were times where he told me he would borrow his brother's car at 15 and drive to church. And I said, oh, my goodness, you can't tell me that. You're breaking the law. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, what 15-year-old would do anything that they could to get to church? Mm. And so just that in and of itself, there was just something about him that was so different than the, some of the other kids in our, our youth group. But really, there was just such a light about him. So we realized that he really wasn't being well cared for, but he was never involved in child welfare. Uh, He had lived with his older brother and his wife and um, their kids. So he had a place to stay, but it really wasn't family. So we started inviting him to Thanksgiving and Christmas and just making sure that he knew he always had a place to go. We would have him over for Sunday dinner, things like that. So... He just became part of our family, and as more and more kids came into our home, he was their big brother. So we actually didn't ever pursue adoption with him because for as long as we knew him through high school and things, he had a place to stay. So we never pursued it, but when we were in our adoption class for one of our other children, they had mentioned a story about a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old brothers that were in the same foster home. And the foster family was getting ready to adopt a 16-year-old. And the 18-year-old said, well, I want to be adopted too. And they said, well, you're an adult. And he said, yeah, but I want to be adopted too. So when they were telling that story, I just thought in my head, I'm like, oh, my goodness, we could adopt Mike. I didn't know you can adopt an adult because by that time he was 19. So we ended up coming home chatting about it, we took him out to dinner and said, hey, what do you think about this? We want you to pray about it, but if this is weird, we're, we're fine with it. But he, without us even taking a breath, he said, yes, I want you to adopt me. Mm-hmm. So that was really incredible. And so we have been able to really see adoption through many different uh, sides of uh, the heart of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: God pursues us, And we see that through our little ones when they were adopted. They had no choice, but we pursued them. We gave them a home. We gave them um, an opportunity for a different life. And at some point, all of our children are going to either choose to want to be accepted by us or they're going to go their own way. I mean, every child, every person has that choice. But through Mike's adoption, that was incredible to see as an adult he freely gave himself to be part of our family. Mm. So when we looked at both uh, both sides of adoption, I guess, I mean, both of them, they have now been grafted into our family, but Mike's was 100% his choice. Yeah. And that was something that was so powerful. And some of the words that the judge said, he turned to our, our biological son, Isaac, and said, you have the same rights as mm. he does yeah. you are now an heir mm. just like he is you have the rights of, of a son the inheritance all of that wow. so it really took adoption mm. to a different level for us yeah. and it really opened our eyes to how the father pursues us but in turn we have to make that choice yeah. also Absolutely. it's not just his pursuit on us so it was his story is absolutely incredible. And, you know, we're very one sided on it because we didn't we didn't live his life. But he had he had a really difficult time, but he always knew love. And that mm. was really cool. So awesome. we uh, Mike is incredible and he's passing it on. So we have two, uh, two grandsons right now. One of them is official. And then he and his wife have been they've fostered uh, six kids so far. So there, it's just their story is incredible, too. But that's just a very brief, brief part of it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's an incredible story. And and foster care definitely is foster care and adoption near and dear to your heart. You are also the regional manager of Care Portal there in Pennsylvania. And JFO is working here in New York to implement Care Portal. So Mandy, tell us about Care Portal, what it is and how it works.
1: All right. Well, Care Portal is in very short terms, it's the connection that Uh, allows the church to engage the community to meet needs. So child welfare is always the front lines of working with children and families in crisis. On the other end of that is the church where we want to, and we are also mandated by God, to care for the orphan. And so it's very difficult to connect those two. Many people hear separation of church and state. They can't work together. But Care Portal is a platform. It is a technology-based system that connects child welfare with local churches. Really brief example, child welfare goes into a home. They assess a need. The need could be anything from beds to uh, first month's rent. It could be um, a dresser or clothes. The needs are endless but what happens is that that family has then said you need to take care of this issue could be beds for the children it could be um making sure that the home is safe cleaned up things like that now child welfare creates a system they say you within this certain amount of time this has to be taken care of or your children could be removed now obviously there's situations where the children have to be removed immediately Mm -hmm. for their safety but oftentimes these items these physical needs can be met and the children can stay in the home. So child welfare sees this need and then it's up to the family to meet that need. And oftentimes because of poverty, because of environment, it's not an option. They are unable to meet those needs. So what now care portal can do is that caseworker can enter this need into care portal, and then that request is then sent out to all the participating churches in the area. So now the church is now made aware of a need right there in their community that would help a child in a family in crisis. So now the church, someone within the body, can step up and say, you know what, I have an extra bed, that will keep a family together, or I can take care of paying that first month's rent. Those are types of things that people say to me all the time, I can't be a foster parent, I don't think I can adapt, but what can I do? So Care Portal is that connection that takes the needs of the community and says, here they are, you can help. You can be a part of foster care, you can be a part of adoption, you can be a part of preventing a family from being broken up. Those are really practical ways that people can engage child welfare without necessarily fostering or adopting. And that's my Orphan Sunday.
0: Join us in declaring God's glory through these Orphan Sunday stories. It all begins with your church observing Orphan Sunday or Stand Sunday this November. Visit OrphanSunday.org for your free resource toolkit to help you plan your Orphan Sunday. Then send us your Orphan Sunday story with the hashtag MyOrphanSunday.